And now, broadcasting on StarWorldWideNetworks.com, it's time for the Cannabis Reporter Radio Show with Snowden Bishop. Listen in as Snowden interviews cannabis industry pioneers, marijuana experts, policymakers, medical practitioners, patients, and other amazing individuals with compelling stories to share. It all happens right now. Here's the Cannabis Reporter, Snowden Bishop. Welcome back to the Cannabis Reporter. Using marijuana as medicine is nothing new. For centuries, it was a staple of doctors and healers in both Eastern and Western medicine. Of course, that changed with the advent of prohibition. Since then, it's been replaced with tightly controlled pharmaceuticals that require doctor prescriptions dispensed at pharmacies. Even though nearly half of the states in the U.S. have passed some form of legalization, well, at least for medical use, it's still considered a Schedule One drug, which means it's federally illegal for a doctor to write a prescription for it. Some may go as far as to recommend that a patient try it, but most doctors remain hands-off for fear they could be handcuffed. Unfortunately, that means patients are left to fend for themselves if they want to medicate with marijuana. It's the Wild West of medicine all over again. If they're lucky, they'll get advice from a qualified health practitioner who knows enough to recommend strains or give dosing instructions, but they're not that easy to find. For the most part, new medical marijuana patients must rely on sales personnel, commonly known as bud tenders, at their local dispensaries to get advice about the best strains, compounds, and dosing for their medical conditions. In a way, they're expected to be surrogates of doctors, pharmacists, and nutritional advisors. Question is, are they qualified to have patients' health in their hands? Well, that's the topic of today's show, so let's just get to it. First, I'd like to introduce two successful entrepreneurs, Nadim Al-Hassan and Thomas Rimbach, founders of Baked Brothers Medicinal Formulas. Welcome to both of you. Well, hello. Thank you for having us on the show. Thank you, Snowden. My pleasure. And then joining us on the phone from Colorado is an educator and founder of Green Culture Ed, a new cannabis college, Evan Erickson. Happy you could join us, Evan. Hello, Snowden. Thank you. Appreciate you all. Having me on the show today. <laughs> well, welcome. Glad you all are here. So, um, Nadim and Thomas, I kind of wanted to start with you. Uh, you have Baked Brothers, which are medicinal syrups and gummies and other edibles, I believe, right? Or just right the, now, we have only two products, which is the syrup and the gummies. Right. So, the other thing that's very interesting is that you have your mission is dedication to medication. Absolutely. And what I learned about you recently, which is why I was really interested to talk to you, is that you've created some ed- educational materials that you pass out to the sales personnel in dispensaries, and I believe also it, it helps them to educate the correct. customers, correct? correct? Yes. So what I wanted to get to um, before I bring Evan in on this is what was it that was in your mind when you decided to do this? Were you challenged by the fact that they didn't really know how to talk about your medicine? You know, it kind of goes back to how you started in the intro or on the uh, today's topic is that are these bud tenders qualified to have these or to help these patients? And that's a tough answer. That's a tough question. So right. that was kind of what was going through our mind right now. Are these bud tenders qualified to talk about the medications being dispensed to these patients? Do they know what they're talking about? Um, a lot of them do and a lot of them don't. A lot of them have kind of the a biased opinion or what right. works for them, you know, so, but what works for me might not work for you. And so 
that's what we want to address here. And so what we have uh, brought to the table is more so an educational pamphlet that will discuss not necessarily just Baked Bros products, but edibles in general. So what we like to call marijuana's beginner guide. Mm-hmm. And do you think that having that at hand has really been helpful? Do you think it's... Yes, yes. So getting these out to these dispensaries, the doctor's offices, that's our, our main targets because that's where m most patients are. You know, any newcomers, they're going to doctor's offices and any patients are being sent to the dispensaries. So that's where we want to put these educational pamphlets and these trifolds. Um, so to be clear, though, we have two different educational uh, trifolds. So we have a trifold front and back that is our what we, again, consider a beginner's guide to marijuana edibles. And then we have an educational pamphlet for the bud tenders where uh, Thomas and I, uh, between Bake Bros, will set up uh, times for the dispensaries to go in and, you know, 30 minutes before they open or whenever they, uh, they schedule, and we get to sit down with their bud tenders and really uh, key in on our products and the questions that patients might be having on our products or products in general. Um, are they gluten-free? Uh, how do I dose this? How do I store it? Um, what is THC? What's the difference between THC A and THC? So those are a lot of the things that we try and cover throughout the the, the trifold and the educational pamphlet for the bud tenders. Right. And Evan, you, you had... Uh, one of the first medical marijuana delivery services in Colorado. And I know that that really inspired you to start the Green Culture Ed uh, Cannabis Academy. Tell me what your experiences were with working with dispensaries at that time. Yes, definitely. So, um, you know, when we first started in the industry, you know, there was really only, I think, you know, two or three medical doctors making recommendations at that time. So for the most part, um, even the physical-based ones, which there was a couple, you know, basically put business cards down, you know, at these um, doctor offices. So that's really how we um, got kick-started. And due to the, you know, environment with legalities and, uh, you know, the federal um, pressure against medical marijuana, we never really went to that physicality. So we did the delivery model, and it went really well. Um, you know, we got up to 70-plus patients. And we did a lot of initiatives in terms of um, different types of uh, continued health, different things that could really help support patients. Um, so back then, it was a lot more, um, you know, with the dispensary model, especially with it being recreational now, um, you know, you have a broader amount of people using marijuana, whereas then we really did work with a lot of medical-needed patients. So education was a part of really trying to help help those individuals because, you know, we would actually come to their homes and spend time with them, too. So there was... Um, Definitely a caregiver aspect in terms of our relationship, and not just kind of um, kind of how it is more of a retail environment now in the current environment. Yeah, and how many how many bud tender training um, trainees have you had through the Green Culture Ed so far? So largely, you know, our education is based on asynchronistic. Um, you know, professionally, even while working in the medical marijuana industry. Um, with the group I was associated with, um, I have always professionally worked in education, technology, and publishing industry. So, um, so with that, you know, how we design green culture was really to um, remove the limitations, you know, of space and time. So essentially, you know, you could have your education on demand. So we have students um, enrolling, you know, 24/7 into um, not just the bud tender certification, but the majority of our curriculum really is focused on cultivation. Um, but with the blood tuner certification, we've been able to incorporate, you know, a lot of aspects as um, just spoken 
a few minutes ago, just the generalities of what's the difference between, say, sativa and indica. Um, so we brought in a lot of just really kind of basic 101 um, cultivation pieces um, into our bud tender certification, and then also brought in a lot of those kind of just general retail environment type of training that is needed as well. So um, it kind of hits on a lot of topics um, in a broad, broad stroke, if you will, but it really kind of does a comprehensive kind of get your feet on the ground and running um, once you're completed with it. Right. You know, um, Nadim and Thomas, I don't know which one would like to answer this, but when when you meet people who have had a lot of training, do you really feel that that, that has made a lot of difference? Oh, in, absolutely. Absolutely. I feel like, if, especially if the training is, um, is, is facts, or at least as, as close to we can, as what we, what we can know now um, about cannabis, um, it's very difficult for a patient, even such as myself, to have confidence in medication. And if I'm educated on it, then I'm going to have more of a, of a confidence taking that medication and listening to these bud tenders. Yeah. Were you, were you a patient uh, before um, getting into business? Actually, yes, I was. Um, I, uh, I have I have some uh, PTSD from um, when I was in the military. I should let everybody know that you were in the U.S. Navy. Yes, yes. I'm a Navy that. brat. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I was in there for four years. Um, I, but yes, I did. I used it for anxiety. And I would find a difference between not just a sativa versus indica, but a, two sativas. They're different. I mean, a super silver diesel might give you a different effect as opposed to a lucid dream. Um, lucid dream will give you those good positive effects of, of a sativa, but it won't give you those paranoia or those bad effects from like paranoia as such. The, the, the terpenes um, ratios will drop that feeling down. So when, when we decided to come out with our, our, our products, we wanted to make sure it wasn't just a sativa or indica dominant. It was a strain-specific setup. And that definitely makes it much more difficult on us um, and all of our workers but in much smaller batches, but it's a lot easier to get the patient what they're looking for as opposed to just, oh, is this a sativa that I like or is this an indica that I like? Right. And when, when you were medicating before, you had your own products to really differentiate. Right. Um, how was your experience in, in dealing with the dispensaries? Did you feel like you were getting what you needed in terms of the information or were you completely on your own? This Bef oh, on, from the dispensaries, absolutely no, no, there was no education whatsoever. It was really just to um, just to sell it, really, and you just t you just buy a sativa or indica. That was really the only separation that we would see, and I didn't, I had to understand it myself, and I had to look up our own information in order to educate myself. Trial and error. Yeah. yeah. Lots yeah. of it. I, I can imagine. I can imagine. Evan, um, I've met a couple of people who are working in working on trying to find some kind of standardization and all of that. Um, how are you handling that through the college? Yes, definitely. So um, a major trend really you're seeing across the board, you know, from K-12 to higher ed is competency-based education. So the idea that you can have standards, you know, and then also being able to have the ability to express some degree of um, competency within those standards. So, um, you know, at large, you're just seeing that as a trend. Um, technically, you're seeing that functionality come to a hand in terms of um, learning management systems and being able to actually gauge that type of, uh, in terms of even reporting um, type of learning, learner analytics. Um, so that is um, really just right now a huge trend across the board. Um, in terms of how we developed our education, we built it in a modular system. So it really is um, kind of in essence 
um, in terms of that pedagogy and development of the instructional design pieces, kind of the same because we look at having just um, one area of mastery, you know, and so that's how we build our education is like we have individual online courses, a group of courses then make a program, a group of programs that make a certification. So you're able to then, you know, master, you know, each modular um, aspect of um, your education. And then those are essentially building blocks as you continue down that learning path. Right. And then you also have training for um, health practitioners as well, right? Or is it just bud tenders right now? So we do, um, in terms of our education and the direction we're moving, um, you know, right now 90% is based around um, cultivation. We do have, you know, some branches out to some state training, for example, Colorado um, label packaging, different types of standards and safety measures. Um, but right now, our real initiative is getting to professional um, education, so being able to essentially offer those CEUs, and we have a couple um, initiatives going on right now um, to go through that process. Um, since really no um, cannabis college will find out there really is accredited. Um, there are some mild levels of accreditation, like, for example, the Colorado Board of Education has here, but it really doesn't do anything more than put a piece of paper on your wall that doesn't really put much value in terms of the quality of education. So that's what we're working on. Um, and in the intermediary, we're working at launching live webinars, um, free ones just to support the industry. Um, we're a partner with the NCIA. Um, so we have a lot of um, different people out there that I know would really love to use our platform just to kind of show and tell what they have. And um, really, our initiative is support the industry, and eventually we'll do paid webinars too, but right now we're going to start off with this kind of, um, you know, free taste and try type aspect of webinars. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned um, the packaging, because I can imagine that for um, both of you, uh, it's difficult to have, for the states, if you have to have different packaging for different states, Yes. Snowden packaging will be the death of us. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. It's constantly changing, and we're constantly updating it, and we're constantly trying to stay ahead as well. Um, within our packaging, what we most um, pay attention to is we try and answer as many questions that the patient might have on the package before they even get to the bud tender. Uh, you know, how many doses is in the package, how to dose it, what to dose it with, where to store it, how to store it. Um, how many milligrams of activated THC there are, um, and so on. So Clearly. Yes. Clearly, very clearly, so you don't have to search and label. It's right there in front of your face yeah. so I, you can understand. Yeah, that's that's helpful. But, I mean, what other requirements do you have to meet per state? I mean, So Arizona doesn't have a stringent rule on packaging. Um, Colorado does a little bit, a little bit more stringent. Arizona, we really don't have to have much of a standard. So that's where we came into setting, hopefully set a standard here in Arizona. Um, we just put in an order for the, some child resistant bags to come mm -hmm. through. So they don't have the tear notches at the top now. You can't tear it. You have to cut it with scissors. Uh, we don't want any children getting a hold of this just as much as their parents hopefully don't want them getting a hold of it. So we're trying to do as much as we can when changing our packaging so that we can hopefully influence all the other edible companies in Arizona to follow along so that any edible that's in any patient's hands is responsible. However, as we continue to grow and continue to expand, we do have to be conscious of the other states' laws and requirements for their packaging. So that is something that we do stay up on and have to continue staying up on as we progress because they're different. Right. And um, Evan, are, are these courses state-specific? Uh, that you offer? 
Yes. So the one we did um, so far is um, for Colorado specific. So we will be, um, you know, really honing in at the state level as, you know, we're speaking towards standards, you know, as those really do get solidified on, you know, each state's kind of own show right now. But Colorado is definitely a state in the lead. So um, in terms of kind of the go-to um, regulation that probably has been better the most, you know, we're kind of using Colorado as our point of reference. Right. And, and but people from California can take your courses and people from Arizona can take your courses and be confident that they're going to meet some kind of uh, standard eventually? Yes. Um, you know, for the Colorado one, specifically, the, the our faculty member that developed it, who's actually on the committee, we're putting together those um, different regulations into place, um, just like, you know, our chemis- cannabis chemistry and analysis and testing, um, you know, um, our PhD faculty member, he was on that committee before, um, you know, doing standard testing for different, you know, fertilizers and chemicals and so forth. So we're really trying to really go to, um, you know, the horse's mouth, if you will, and then publish from there. Yeah. So what a, what are the plans for Baked Brothers in terms of expanding availability in different states? Where are you headed? We are currently looking to expand to California. We're in the middle of a deal right now working with a manufacturer, and they also produce in Colorado. So we are looking to expand straight to there as well. New Mexico is getting things going. Uh, we've already been speaking to one of the dispensaries out there, and they have the, they share the same vision as us. Um, it's all about the patients. And, uh, yeah, we're expanding to those three right now. At the end of this year, we expect to be in those three and hopefully some more. Yeah. yeah. So do you do any of your brochures then go straight to consumers to yes. educate them? Yes. So that's what I was um, trying to uh, explain in the beginning, that we have a specific uh, – two-page fold-out, so it's a two-page left and right, uh, front and back for the bud tenders, and then we have a front and back trifold for the patients, which are available um, at they'll and continue to be available. We're printing more and sending them out to the doctor's offices and to the, I see. To the dispensaries. Okay. When you said you were sending them out to the doctor's offices, I thought maybe they were for... Oh, so health the, practitioners. Those are for the patients in general. Right. Okay. Um, I encourage the health practitioners to pick them up, you know, to educate <laughs> themselves as well. Any, you know, furthermore that they they may be able to do so. But uh, these are actual handouts for the patients. I do have an example of, a, of of one here, just the front side for you to take a look at when we're. I think I may have seen that. Okay. Before I looked from, it up. Probably actually. yes, yeah. more than likely. Yeah. Um, but uh, this is this again. It's our 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 guide to marijuana edibles, the medicinal benefits behind them, um, kind of lists out the differences, uh, as Thomas kind of mentioned, you know, uh, what is sativa? What is indica? What is THC? What is a house blend? A house blend is something we never use. You know, we believe that every patient, you know, is looking for a specific therapeutic benefit, and they're only going to get that through a specific strain, not a house blend. So we again, try to put this into words and, and uh, onto paper on tangible items that patients can take home and study and um, get as, you know, bag gifts as they leave the dispensary. Right. Yeah, and Evan, how, how far do you drill down in your courses for specific medications that are available from companies like Baked Brothers and, and other makers of medicinals? Yeah, so... Um, you know, really coming from an education perspective and really trying to maintain that unbiasedness in terms of what we deliver, um, you know, we really don't promote any products or brands or anything along those lines, but rather 
um, you know, for this specific example, we'd like to, you know, have them come on board and say in a webinar, for example, be our delivery method. You know, how do you, you know, make these different edibles? You know, what is kind of the general rule of thumb? You know, just talk about, say, the process, edify around that process. And then afterwards, you know, provide your contact information and then be able to follow up, uh, you know, with, you know, each student individually and, you know, then indirectly if there is a cell, you know, at least we're out of the process. So that's where we have to be unbiased. Um, in terms of that piece there. So, um, you know, it's just kind of a, a standard every education institution kind of, you know, has to take, if you will. Right. So then rather than drilling down to brands, you drill down to types of um, types of medicine and not just, you know, the differences in the strains or the indicas, sativas, THC, CBD, all of that, but syrups versus um, gummy bears or flour versus infusion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just the different processes, different ways to, you know, um, facilitate the usage of, you know, cannabis, you know, whether it's a syrup or maybe a, you know, a tincture, for example. So, um, you know, so we'll definitely hammer down into those pieces and into the nitty gritty. Um, you know, of course, we always say we're not medical professionals, so always consult your doctor as well. But, um, but we'll definitely go as far as we can as long as it's education based. <laughs> yeah. And consult your doctor is, is sort of a, <laughs> double-bladed sword it's a double-bladed <laughs> sword isn't it um yeah yes it is <laughs> yeah i mean i've i've spoken with people who who've said that you know they've learned that uh treating with cannabis would be really beneficial to them they go to their doctor and their doctor says well i'm not going to touch that <laughs> right unfortunately <laughs> yeah i mean and how do you think that we can get the doctors on board given the fact that it's still a, a schedule one drug that is going to take time <laughs> um, yeah. as I believe as progression uh, or as recreation progresses that that might open some more doors or open more um, eyes or maybe open th- minds for, for, for doctors mm-hmm. I think the legalities is what just holds them back because I've spoken to several doctors even my personal doctors about it they know what I do as a as my profession and they they love it they just can't touch it because of the federal license structure. I agree. You know what? I have a, a particular story, or we have a particular story real quick. We have a patient, and um, she, her her sister has, uh, she's in stage two leukemia, and mm. and we were off the market for a while because we made a transition from northern Arizona into uh, Phoenix. So uh, during that time off, it, there was a hard, there was, a, there was about three to four months where patients kind of struggled to find our products. And this was one of our patients who had stocked up on the product before we had uh, made the transition. We, you know, we spoke to our patients on a daily basis every day, hundreds of patients. Wow. Every every week we talked to hundreds of patients, letting them know where we'll be available and when. But uh, back to it, she had told me that, and I, I couldn't believe how brave she was that she did this. She took the, our, our pourable THC syrup and she went to the Mayo Clinic and she asked like five different doctors can you help me find this? Can you help me get this? Can you help, like, can you, and, and she was turned down by four of them, and then the fifth doctor was like, listen, I really strongly advise you to keep pushing forward with medical marijuana. There are benefits behind it. I strongly advise it, but we can't help you inside of this facility. So back to what Thomas said, there are a lot of doctors that want to, but they're bound, by, you know, they're bound by legalities to push forward or even to advise. Because wow. the way she communicated that to me was that, you know, this doctor pulled her aside and kind of whispered it on the hush, like, please don't tell her that I just said that. <laughs> right. Yeah, and I, I think that a lot of hospitals hold that policy 
and the doctors will lose their place in the hospital right. if they mm-hmm. violate it. Right. Exactly. Evan, what are the what do you think the plans might be for college such as yours to start targeting doctors and just educating them on the subject in general? Yes, definitely. Um, I mean, I would really say it's kind of a two-tiered approach. I mean, we're taking. I mean, we're looking at obviously trying to be able to provide them professional, continuing medical education, so they could actually maintain their licensure. Um, through our education, um, you know, so just being us available to be able to do that, you know, is one of our initiatives. And then um, as kind of a follow-up, you know, I mean, I guess um, kind of, if you will, a partnership, um, you know, in terms of, you know, some, you know, doctors, you know, are dedicated where they only see medical patients or, you know, recommending marijuana, whereas on the opposite side, you know, it's big hospitals, a lot of policy bureaucracy, you know, bureaucracy, and then these doctors being confined in that, you know, that, that area, that's, I think probably a very tough nut to crack, but the ones that have already adopted, you know, cannabis and now recommending it, you know, that's where I see the uh, opportunity really to then help, um, you know, edify their patients, you know, whether, you know, a lot of times patients can't afford to go to a dispensary and they have to cultivate at home. So just really being able to provide a support network for their patients, you know, becoming our students as well as then trying to help support the doctors and continuing their education and say their nurse practitioners as well or maybe on their staff as well. So, um, you know, that's the two pieces really that we're pushing for. Um, and, you know, we're very flexible and open. You know, that's the nice thing about the cannabis industry, everything being a small business is, um, you know, it's just, you know, how, how much effort you want to put into working together, you know, and that's um, something that you can do easily, not having those big businesses, putting those barriers, stuff like that. Right. How often do patients take your courses? Uh, we get, you know, enrollments, um, you know, um, and, you know, I would say half of our enrollments on a daily basis outside the United States on average. Um, but we get, you know, definitely um, a few dozen enrollments a day, um, at least, uh, you know, depending on their interests and um, and and whatnot. So, um, so it definitely varies for sure. Yeah, as a journalist, I was thinking about taking one. I just can't seem to find the time <laughs> to <laughs> enroll. But it, it it seems like it would just be helpful for any user to understand what a bud tender understands. Yeah, I mean, we even had a, an initiative, too. Like, we reached out to all the cannabis stores and companies, you know, not just here in Colorado, but elsewhere, you know, basically saying, hey, you know, let's do um, some type of, uh, you know, edification process for these stores that are coming, and let's do it before they show up so they actually know what they're looking at. And, you know, we're trying to work out, you know, some type of the bud tender education we have available, but trying to work it out as part of, say, that package where we do a heavily reduced tuition rate, um, you know, for them to be able to include that as part of that quote-unquote tour package. Um, nobody came back and said hi to me, but, you know, there's different things we're always reaching out to do, but um, just everybody's different levels yeah. of receptiveness, you know. Yeah. Nadim, how many, how many people work at your company? <laughs> we uh, are, we are an army of three, and we just uh, brought on two more, so we are an army of five now. Wow! Yeah, just recently, like two weeks ago, we just brought on two more. I had visions of a an enormous sterile factory with lots of people and bottles on assembly lines and that sort of thing, but it's not that way. Well, you got the sterile part right. It is extremely <laughs> clean. Yeah. It is. Ex- I mean, we are we are yes, it is very clean. It's very white. <laughs> yeah. Very non-colorful. Um, lots of scrubs, hairnets, booties, <laughs> things like that. Um, and well, that's we have, good to hear. Yes. We have good qualified workers there, and that's what's most important. Right. They, they all take their, their job very seriously, and they know what to look for and what not to look for when 
when uh, bottling, packaging, and... Uh, and you wouldn't even probably know, but every single one of our gummy batches is mixed by hand, every single one of them. We do not spray our There's gummies. No we don't believe in propylene glycol. We don't believe in spraying. Good. We don't believe that that's an accurate way to medicate your gummies. It's just... When through the trial and erroring that we did, that's not an accurate way. Yeah, or brownies or we tried using or... big, huge, like uh, cylindrical, big, like a concrete mixer and stuff to mix them, but it's just not an efficient and correct way to make every sour gummy bear 10 milligrams like we claim it is. And so we have to do it in small batches so that we can stay with that consistency so that every patient, when they go to that gummy bear or they go to that milliliter of syrup or 10 milliliters of syrup, they know and they're confident they're going to receive that same effect every time. Yes. And how did you educate yourselves on this? 100% self. And, and really in Colorado, we learned a lot from a lot of the, uh, the uh, can, cannabis economy. They have a lot of education on it. We went to a lot of different shows, and we try to learn from there. The NCIA has had a couple of shows that we've gone to. We learned about legalities and stuff like that, too. But um, really, it's just self-teaching. And we learned, we know we didn't like not, we didn't like taking an edible and then not getting the experience that we thought we were going to get. Um, or, or taking it or, or eat it and ingesting an edible and then it not working, and then you take the other half of the brownie later, and then you're talking in the corner to yourself, and you know that's really really scary, and we don't <laughs> like that event. So, totally. especially me, I'm really really picky on that, and I and I wanted to make sure that every patient didn't go through with that as well, because it's already a, a, a bad name. Cannabis already is, and if somebody does go ahead and open up for that one day to try this edible, and it and they completely just fall asleep, or they get too paranoid, and they ha they freak out, and they go crazy, and we lose that little, patient forever. Right, and then you lose the patient yeah. forever, and not just edibles or for our brand it's the industry and the the, the cannabis beautiful alternative medicine that our goal is our goal is to remove that negative notion you know that that the cannabis industry has been given and that's what we're trying to do through our products and through the education like thomas yeah says. And that's why we start from the bottom so that way we can understand that everybody understands how this works and then they won't have those bad experiences yeah and evan i i think that that's probably the same goal for you too i mean to keep this this industry thriving you really need to make sure that the people who are representing the industry to the public, which would be, you know, the people in the dispensaries, yes. are actually knowledgeable yes. and yes. understanding what it is that they're doing. Right. So, I'll, I'll share our philosophy with you. I'm, I'm, I've said it before, but uh, for the listeners, you know, Bake Bros philosophy is traditional westernized medicine has always been pill syrups and injections so that's why we um, you know took the most presentable route uh, of, of the syrups that's very common I mean I don't know one person here today that doesn't have a syrup in their medicine cabinet whether it be NyQuil or DayQuil um, it's familiar to the patient it's familiar yeah. to the patient so when a doctor recommends a patient especially someone who's new whether they're 30 or 65 or how, whatever age if they're new and they're going to the cannabis or to the dispensaries they're talking to the bud tender and then they're saying i have pain well that's when educating the bud tenders comes very handy because we don't want that bud tender to be like oh man well i love brownies for my pain try this one yeah. you know that's when or what kind of pain that's when educating them about uh, products like a syrup uh, where you can you can dose yourself through an oral syringe. You know, you can do one milliliter, which is five milligrams of activated THC, or you can do a teaspoon, which is 25 milligrams of activated THC. Knowing your dose is what uh, is very important as well. You have to know your dose before you consume. The rule of thumb is you can always eat more, you can't eat less. So back to our philosophy, it's just that it's traditional westernized medicine. So when a patient picks up the bottle of 
horrible THC syrup, and they read that on the label, they know exactly what it is, horrible THC syrup. And it's a bottle that they're familiar with. They've seen this type of medicine before on their shelves, or they've been prescribed it, or they've picked it up from you know the store, a, a, a horrible syrup form of medication. And so that's why we, we, we aim for products like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, and Evan, um, when it comes to when it comes to educating educators too, is this something that is in your purview? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we've already put something together. Um, I mean, I mean, obviously, we know there's a lot of different you know cannabis or pot schools that are out there. You know, some good, some better than others, and so forth. Um, but really, you know, the point I'm trying to make is, you know. Um, kind of how these, you know, different education organizations popped up is, you know, it kind of came around, you know, they like pot and then they thought it'd be cool to teach about it. Um, you know, that's really where we're coming from, an educational um, type of hat. For example, you know, I, I even homeschooled growing up and graduated from one of the first virtual charter schools. So it's really just been in my blood. Um, so with that, you know, everybody thinks it's a great idea to teach, you know, and to teach online with that, you know, lots of more physical-based education, but now we're seeing more online education. Well, you know, with that, in these pot shops and schools that don't have the proper, like, pedagogy and education theory to deliver online, um, you know, really kind of get lost because they're in the weeds. So um, that's where we really put together what I reference as our basic course pattern. And essentially, it just teaches teachers how to teach online. And it's going through all the different aspects, whether it's the theory and philosophy teaching online or how to create that artifact or whatever media element you might be using to do that instructional design process. So um, with our faculty members, you know, we provide all the tools for free. So all you need to have essentially is a headset and a computer. Um, you can create kind of Web 2.0 videos, um, whether you're creating ebooks, assessments, um, and so forth. So we really take uh, that step further and, and really do some hand-holding with our faculty members to complete that instructional design process, but really um, to help them conceptualize as well as give them the tools they could do it 100% on their own. And that's what we find typically after a faculty member publishes the first course, um, they kind of figure it out. And then from then on, um, whether they're doing a live webinar or publishing the asynchronous type of course, um, they can pretty much do it self-sufficiently. Yeah. And it, it, this, the college, the, the cannabis college, um, does, that, does that follow any, and forgive me, I haven't taken a course, so I don't really know. Uh, you worked at Blackboard. Um, is, it, is it a pretty typical module system like you would find there or some of the popular online universities? So really the, the two things, um, and then really the fuzzy gray line, you will, is, you know, what is the platform and then really what is the, uh, the courseware? And then that line gets kind of grayed out because um, when you're consuming that education, you really don't know where the platform starts and really the instructional design started. Um, so Blackboard in itself is a platform, but the material, so, it, so, would, it, so it's agnostic in terms of the content it'll deliver. So it would deliver you know, any type of education, not just cannabis, but it's a platform for um, delivery. So how do you... Then, uh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, finish. And then just the last piece is, then, you know, doing the instructional design pieces then to really utilize that platform 100% in terms of adoption to then deliver whatever knowledge you're trying to do. So you got the platforms, then you got the instructional design pieces. So how do you handle... Students always have questions. How do you handle that? Um, so we have just, you know, a general help desk. Uh, you know, we have a ticket resolution typically within um, the hour from 9 to 5. So um, we'll respond and fix any issues right there on the spot. If we need to, we'll do a webinar, get on the phone. I like to publish a lot of videos, so I'll just do a little how-to quick video 
know, click here, click here, and issue resolve type of stuff. Right. Right. And, and I was thinking more in terms of um, practical practical questions about... Oh, yeah. So um, with all of our courses, there's an, they're all built, you know, asynchronous. So on demand, anybody can come and complete on their own timeline. Um, but we have a form within every course. And we really kind of... Uh, you know, kind of parallel that to a you know a good bottle of wine. The more and more time you give it, the more and more discussion there are, just the better it gets. Whether it's the wine or the the topics that are being talked about. So, the form is there. Um, any question that any students ever ask and that our faculty replies, you'll be able to kind of review those. So you'll be able to learn from your peers as well as go through your own type of learning class as well. Yeah. Huh. So, prospective students. Um, what is something that, what's your elevator to prospective students? Why would you tell someone that they absolutely need to educate themselves if they're a bud, bud tender or whatever? I'm just curious how you would present that. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, in general, uh, you know, when you're buying something online or something digital, you really don't know what to expect. So, you know, a lot of times you might kind of, uh, you know, get a little bit of a letdown. So one thing we always start off is we have a free online course. So we always encourage um, any prospective students to go ahead, go through that, so you really know what to expect. You know, because we don't want to be a disappointment. You know, if we're not, you know, 100%, then obviously we'll issue a refund too. So we have a 30-day refund policy, no questions asked. So, so we make it really easy to become a student. You know, and we don't make, um, it, I guess, a difficult process. You know, we have phenomenal support. I mean, services is really what we follow up our knowledge base with, um, just being there as a resource. So, you know, there's a variety of reasons, um, you know, obviously to find students, that's been more of an issue, um, not making them happy, but finding students to make happy, because, you know, obviously the industry has been pretty much blackballed, you know, from like Facebook ads, Google AdWords, and so forth. So to really get out there, um, it's been much more of a trial um, and error type of uh, <laughs> issues and environment um, than, you know, than the, uh, the back end, if you will. Yeah. And... What's your speech to people about needing to know things? Like when you run into um, dispensary technicians that just don't know what they're talking about, how do you approach that with them? <laughs> yeah, one thing that's nice is, um, you know, what we use for our learning management system is uh, Moodle. It's open source. You own it just as much as I do. Um, so it's free, but it's free like a puppy, not free like a beer. So, you know, at the end of the day, you can set up and install it. But, you know, after you get to that point, um, you're not going to know what the heck to do, essentially. So... Um, with that, you know, we've been speaking to some dispensaries um, who have liked our education, and they um, kind of want to, if you will, create their own internal employee um, type of training environment. So, you know, with that, you know, that's where I can set up another instance, um, take the courseware that, you know, we've created, put it into their instance. But, like, to really address your question with these different operators for dispensaries, you know, even getting outside of the cannabis knowledge and the education, you know, we really need to get back to kind of the ABCs, one, two, threes, because... You need to have your general HR, you know, like special harassment. Uh, you know, a lot of these different types of training is for onboarding of employees and also just trying to have a higher retention rate, less turnover. Um, you know, so you can have different HR classes just as simple as how to clean the bathroom or how to, like, clear out the POS at the end of the day. So there's different education areas, um, you know, that we can really deliver on if we need to do custom instruction design work. That's no problem. Um, but, you know, as we get more and more from small business to big businesses in the industry, you know, we're going to have to standardize to some level. I'm not saying sell our souls like a big corporate entity, but, 
Um, but there's a lot with that, less lawsuits and standardization for employees and stuff like that. You know, right. So, so it's really into the management side of the business too. Yeah, definitely. Like your human resources, um, really overlaps with training. Um, you know, almost 100. percent And there's a big learning curve for everyone, I think, because the industry is so new. So Nadim, what do you think about that? Like, what, how do you approach it when you when you do meet people who obviously need a little bit of education? How do you go to them and say? Because I would think it would be a little bit of a sensitive yes, issue so, when you're in the field. Well, we do encounter that a lot, and so you just do have to be patient and you have to be aware that the industry is new and that there is a lot to learn and that there's a lot um, changing. But uh, the Bud tenders in general, I encourage, if that's what you're asking, people in general, just the bud tenders are both. Bud tenders, uh, bud tenders are I mean, people interacting with the patients. Right, right. Bud tenders, you know, are direct extension to the patients, you know, from manufacturer to consumer. Because the manufacturer, sure, we're back here making the edibles. And we're focused on quality control. We're focused on consistency. We're focused on safety. We're focused on um, being clean and sanitary. And then once it gets to... What I'm saying is that we will do as much as we can as the manufacturers to put out as much educational materials we can, like these trifolds, like the educational educational pamphlets, like our websites. Um, but getting you'd be, that, you'd be surprised. A lot of the bud tenders want to learn, and mm-hmm. when we have the information that they want, they they, they take will to open it. up. They take to it. A lot of these bud tenders want to know. They want to be the the most educated inside the dispensary. They want to know more so they can help more. Most, I would say, at least with my experience, most of the bud tenders here in Arizona, they want to help people. Absolutely. They're there. They're not there just to get a free gram. They're there to help people. And when we see these people, they usually come to us asking for education yeah. instead of just being in the quiet. And then you see, you don't really see those people much. Most of the people come to us and ask for education. Yeah. And would you recommend that other manufacturers do exactly what you're doing with the pamphlets? And absolutely. I mean, absolutely. The more education to the patients is the is the is the, the better. Is the better. Yeah. yeah. The more, the merrier. Uh, again, you know, the bud tins are, are direct extension to the patient. So the more that we can inform them and refer to them to go to places like Steep Hill Labs or uh, Skunk Research Farm or Skunk Farm Research, you know, those are two good sources for education on cannabis in general. Uh, which we've pulled a lot off the internet. We've pulled a lot off reading books. <laughs> you know, yeah. reading is how we have probably educated ourselves the most um, in, into understanding cannabis. That way, we can reciprocate the information that we learn to the bud tenders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and isn't there sort of a fine line I would think between uh, teaching the bud tenders to be um, giving advice, but not being a doctor and giving right. medical advice. Yes, I'm sure and Evan. What has happens the same when when a, a patient comes in and says, "Oh, I'm I have multiple sclerosis. What should I what should I take for that?" I mean, because literally, if they don't know of a medical practitioner who can help them sort it out in advance, they say, "Oh, I want to try I want to try medical right. cannabis for my MS." So they go to the bud tender and they say, "I have MS." What would you recommend? I mean, really, that is kind of crossing a line, isn't it? Agreed. Right. It, is, it is. They need to know what the symptoms of the MS are that they want to relieve. So there's different, the like sativas will be more of your mind relief, uh, anything with the mind. Um, and indica is probably more, is much more common with pain. So if MS was there and they seriously said, I'm just in a crucial pain, we would start with an indica. Um, and then you would probably 
go from that indica to a different strain to what your favorite is. Right. So in, in, instead of um, I didn't, instead of commenting on their the ailment that they're they're dealing with, it's going to be more important for the bud tender to understand what a sativa does, what an indica does, what these specific strains do. That way they don't necessarily start talking about the ailment, but they talk about what these strains do and the patient themselves know what kind of relief they're looking for. So once the bud tender elaborates that an indica will give you, you know, pain relief or full body relief or this Gorilla Glue number four is great, you know, to for sleep or or pain or, you know, stimulate an appetite, I didn't just... I didn't overcross my boundaries and say, well, what's wrong with you? I just listed what this particular strain will do, and if that fits into the category of the element that you're trying to relieve, that might be a better route to, to right, adjust that. Right, then it would that. be up to the patient to decide. Right. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Evan, in the courses, how do you explain to bud tenders the way that they're supposed to deal with that particular scenario? Yeah, definitely. So um, I guess in looking specifically at the curriculum we have in TV versus Indica, um, we really approach it two different ways. Um, one, we do it just, um, you know, at the uh, kind of the plant level, how the plant grows, you know, how that they look, how they, you know, differ from Indica sativa, you know, Indica short and stocky, sativa long and branchy. And then on the other part of the budget change, and then we really get into the chemicals. So then, you know, really explaining that, you know, this Indica will make you more drowsy, you know, sativa will be more head. So um, we really address it two different points. Are two different perspectives there. Yeah. Wow. Well, what would you what would you like prospective students to know the most, Evan? Right now. Um, you know, I mean, uh, you know, I think we've done a great job so far. Um, you know, in just terms of our background and, and working with some of the best people we could find to put our courses together. Um, but really, you know, we're just more so excited about the future. You know, just. Uh, you know, I've done probably over 5,000 webinars in my career professionally and, you know, looking really to bring that to the table, um, getting speakers, you know, really from all over the world and, um, you know, over different topics. So that, that's the next thing, you know, really we're looking forward to. You know, in the meantime, you know, check out our free course, um, sign up. We do a weekly blog. Um, you know, once a week we'll get some type of, uh, you know, essay over cultivation in general. And, um, you know, so we definitely give a lot of free resources out there and, um, and whatnot. So... Those are a couple things just to, I guess, keep on the radar here coming in the next two or three months. Yeah. Well, that's good. So, and Nadim, what would you like people to know most about education or your or what you do? We've said it before, and we're going to just, again, put more uh, emphasis on it, understanding the strains, understanding what each strain does and what's your dose. So we want patients to question themselves, what's your dose? So what is my dose? That is important. I believe, you know, the the, the standard dose or what is becoming a, a standard dose is 10 milligrams of activated THC. And so understanding what 10 milligrams is and what it can do for you, just again, like a 10 milligram Zoloft or whatnot, it's not a lot, but it can be, and you have to understand what that is. We have patients that need onward and upward to 300 milligrams a day, and we have patients that only need 10 milligrams a day. So understanding what your dose is um, will help educate the community. Yeah. Well, and and everybody's going to be affected by 10 milligrams differently. Everybody will be different. You know, you could be 300 pounds, you could be 150 pounds, you could be 20 years old, you could be 50 years old. It doesn't matter. There's liver functionality. Um, Even male versus female. 
Uh, yeah. There's studies behind that that show that your liver will convert, you know, the, the medicine into 11 hydroxy THC, and that's a it's it's important to understand that. Yeah. <laughs> it's argued yeah. it's two to three times stronger than just THC, and that's produced by our own liver. Mm-hmm. Yes. So actually, that's kind of a fun fact, guys. Uh, it's, it's arguably, you know, anywhere from two to four times stronger, just as Thomas just said. Uh, and that's because that an edible, it's already decarboxylated. The, the, the marijuana is already decarbed or decarboxylated into the edible as opposed to uh, rolling a joint, for an example. When we roll that joint and we light the end of that and we inhale, it's that heat, that vapor, which is activating the THC, taking it from THCA to THC. And so through our method of uh, infusion, the, the oil's already activated, and that's why somebody is like, oh, yeah, I can eat, I can, I can smoke a joint just fine. Well, you may have a 10-milligram joint that might end up being 7 milligrams now, you know, or maybe even a little less. So, But when you have a 10-milligram edible, you're getting, well, within bake bros, you're getting that 10-milligram edible, mm-hmm. and that's, that's something to be aware of, too. So understanding what your dose is. And right. something that we're just now learning about recently, probably within the last couple of months, and we're implementing into our products again, is the importance of terpenes. The strain is the terpene. Um, When you get the hungry, happy, sleepy feeling or whatever whatever feeling the effect that you like from that strain, it's consistent with the ratio of all the terpenes inside of that strain. So right now we are currently distilling all of our product, separating the terpenes, and then reintroducing the terpenes so this is the cleanest product there won't be, and there's no like mold, right? You can't, in Colorado, tell them a little bit about Colorado. Oh, yeah. I mean, there was most recently, just a couple months ago, there was, a, I mean, over 100 edibles pulled off the market, more than that. More you than know, that. Uh, Three companies. D- due to so. pesticides and mold. Uh, and mold and things like that. And um, through our extraction process, you know, which is now called extraction, we, nothing. Eliminate. Will, it, it we eliminate all mildew, any problems with uh, cleanliness or sterility. So, um, and we reintroduce the terpenes. So a lot of people complain about the taste of the, of the product tasting like cannabis. But we just want them to remember that sometimes there's a bad taste, which is bad material that you're putting on edibles. And then there's a taste of the terpenes, which are actually a medicinal effect. And we want those in our bodies if we're using it for medicine. And for patients or, or people listening, terpenes are oils. And terpenes are commonly found in cannabis and they're commonly found in fruits. Grass, like lemongrass, lavender, peppermint. The these smell. are these are essential oils, or what terpenes are, and they're the chemotype of the plant. They're the, they're the characteristics of the plant, the smell, the taste. Uh, so if you remove those terpenes from the actual uh, plant or hash oil uh, concentrate, might I say, you're basically removing the characteristic of that. So if we have Granddaddy Perp and we separate the terpenes from that, from the cannabinoids, you no longer have Granddaddy Perp. It's you just have activated THC. Yes. And wow. so what we do is we reintroduce those terpenes into it so it's a strain. And so that way it does actually have a medicinal effect. When you don't reintroduce the terpenes, you're looking at something similar to Marinol, which is the synthetic THC, which right. only gets you psychoactively high and but and you, and you don't know what's really going on or you feel that some type of relief from just like kind of like opiates it just takes your mind off of the thing but in reality the medicine is the terpenes there's a synergistic effect between terpenes and cannabinoids just as there is with cbd with thc we hear that often that there's a synergistic effect that it has to be a ratio of thc to cbd well um that it's similar with 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 terpenes it, it's a synergistic effect when looking for full body relief mm-hmm this is serious business. <laughs> it has been a, a, a very fun road. Yeah. <laughs> yes, getting to you know play chemistry and 
figure out how to distill and isolate these set these separate. Essentially, you're chemists. Essentially. Yeah. Still learning. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, you know, it's it's an exacting science, I would think, and and it's really refreshing to know how seriously you're taking it too. Yes. Thank and you. I think that that people are, who are are skeptical or or new to cannabis would be reassured to know that there is a science behind it. And I think they'd be reassured to know that the people who are dispensing the medication who really, you know, are in a way the only source of information for patients mm-hmm. at this point until, right. mm-hmm. until it becomes as uh, rescheduled or something so doctors can actually prescribe it right. or, you know, mm-hmm. give advice about it. I mean, it really is reassuring to know. Yes. We're trying, we try our best every single day. We, we get emails from all kinds of different uh, institutions about the new up in science and stuff. We go through webinar, webinars for it, the truths, the myths, the facts about cannabis all the time. And we, have, we know there's a bunch of myths out there, um, but we want to wave out of those and we want to bring the patients the facts so that they can medicate themselves correctly and efficiently. Just educate the community. What's yeah. your dose? <laughs> yeah, and Evan, to bring you back in, you know, I, with all of this new information coming out every week, and I get a lot of it too as a journalist. I, I'm served tons of releases about, you know, this advancement and that advancement. Totally. How how often do you have to update your courses? <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a great question. Um, you know, that's an issue you see really across the board in terms of kind of the idea of master courses, you know, being able to have content and populate forward for students. Um, so, I mean, you know, obviously there's always a built-in type of review system, you know, in higher education. So, I mean, so at a minimum, you're always in a three- to five-year type of period to review your curriculum. Um, but with that said, you know, our core curriculum we currently have is really kind of like the ABCs, one, two, three. You know, we don't get into the technicals too much. So, um, in terms of it being relevant, you know, it will, I would say, always in general be relevant, you know, just with that kind of being um, in a general type of uh, view for the curriculum. And as we kind of, you know, do, say, more deep dives into subject matter that, you know, is maybe a new founding in the industry and so forth, um, you know, we're really hoping to be able to be um, even more responsive to bring that knowledge to market just because we can do live webinars and so forth. So, um, so that's where, you know, we're looking to put together um, you know, kind of our calendar of uh, webinar events and really find, you know, the people who, um, you know, whether they want to do it free or, you know, or whatever it may be, you know, just really helping to get it out there. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you have specific mm-hmm. courses on edibles or modules on edibles? Yeah, we do have um, some, you know, edibles, uh, also some analysis um, and uh, different things around the concentrates and stuff, too. Um, some of it, um, you know, we developed... Um, know, here with uh, some subject matter experts, but then the other half of it was developed with um, one of our faculty members who's a PhD taught at CU um, chemistry up there, but now he has his own analysis and testing lab here in Denver for dispensary, so he's doing that now. Um, so we do have some of that um, topic covered. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. Well, this I'll be been... checking it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm inspired to check it out as well. Um, although I've been on your website a lot, I just haven't had a chance to sign up for anything busy. But I will. I'm going to make an effort. I think it's a good thing for a lot of people to know. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, any ideas, feedback, I mean, we're really a, a wide open door. I mean, we're always trying to, whether you're in the cannabis industry or, you know, whatever you're looking for, we're always uh, 
wholeheartedly open to any ideas, um, possibilities, or, you know, whatever synergies we can create. So, yeah. you know, we have... So anybody, feel free to just reach out to us. Yeah, well, I'll I'll share uh, your con- your contact information with each other, um, everyone here today. So that would be that's great. So I think we're about ready to wrap this up. Ah. Any last any last thoughts, Thomas? This has been a, a great experience. Thank you for having us on. Really, it's it's again just it's another extension, just as it is with the bud tenders. This type of scenario is another extension to educating the community and educating the patients um, about our dedication to medication, about what's your dose, and about cannabis in general. Right. So uh, we thank you for doing this. Yes, thank you, Snowden. <laughs> thank you both for being here. And Evan, thank you for calling in. It's really nice to speak with you about this. And um, I'd like to thank everyone for listening and thank you to our guests, Nadim Al-Hassan and Thomas Rimbach and Evan Erickson for sharing their great information with us today. And if you'd like to learn more about the Bake Brothers or Green Culture Ed, uh, visit our website, thecannabisreporter.com on the podcast page. Look for today's podcast. And um, I'll have their information there so you can check them out, get the education that you need, be informed, and uh, get healthy. So thank you for listening again. And I'd like to thank Kyle Pratt, our fantastic engineer, for all of his great work today. Thank you to Eric Goodall for our beautiful theme song, Evergreen. And once again, thank you. I'm Snowden Bishop, the Cannabis Reporter. Over and out. Evergreen is calling. Evergreen is over.